Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, TVTPFL. It's Friday, it's December 13th, it's 2019, and we have nine basketball games to talk about here on today's slate. There would be nobody else that I'd rather talk about Friday the 13th podcast with than my buddy Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? Oh, man, did not realize it would be Friday the 13th. Are you saying I'm a scary fella? No, I'm saying we can attack the scary fellas together. Oh, yeah. If it was me and you going down a dark alley and Jason pops out, I'd feel a little bit less scared having you by my side. Yeah, we'll just take him down. Going down, Jason, you and your chainsaw, like, well, we'll figure it out. Might have to run it first, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> well, I'm not good at running. I, I have to fi- – I, when it comes to fight or flight, I would much rather flight, but I don't have the speed in order to get away or the stamina <laughs> to get away from anyone. So unless it's like a 400-pound man chasing me, I know that I'm just going to have to stand my ground because there's zero chance I'm outrunning him. All right. Well, I don't think anybody really came to hear us talk Friday the 13th or anything, <laughs> but let's um, let's give a shout-out to our sponsor, FantasyDraft.com. If you guys haven't checked them out, the only rake-free DFS site out there. So if you hate paying rake, Head on over to fantasydraft.com. They got all kinds of memberships that you can see. If you spend, I think it's like six bucks, seven dollars, six ninety-nine. I don't remember what it was, but you know, you could pay that off in your first hundred dollars. So, you know, even the even the low membership is going to pay for itself. So, if you want to play rake-free DFS, make sure you're heading over there, checking out fantasydraft.com. Again, awesome sponsors of the podcast. Appreciate every day. Um, them hooking us up here so we can record for you guys free. Um, let's jump into this slate. We get started here with the Lakers at Miami taking on the Heat. Kyle Kuzma is questionable. Rondo's questionable. Um, and on the Heat side of things, um, Justice Winslow is not going to play. Um, Goran Dragic is not going to play. And Tyler Hero, um, he's questionable with an illness. So we'll have to kind of see how that one plays out. And then Waiters suspended again. I don't think he, I don't think he sees the floor again um, with the Miami Heat. So I don't think we really have to worry about him. Uh, let's get started here with the Lakers side. Is there anything that's standing out to you here for LA? Davis, James. I mean, like it's not a great matchup going up against Miami and I mean, we know where the points are probably going to come from. Even with the guys that are missing, I don't really think I want to go with anyone else besides James and Davis. There's a, Just going to preface the, what's going to happen the rest of the slate is there's some very obvious plays and a lot of plays that depend on injuries that make them entirely obvious plays. So a lot of these games are going to be cross-off games, not because they wouldn't be decent plays on normal slates, but just the way that the slate is dictated, it's it's going to – making a lot of guys almost entirely irrelevant. But James Davis obviously have the massive upside in any given game here. They're the two guys I would want to look at, and that's pretty much it for me on the Lakers. Yeah, unless like Kuzma sits. If Kuzma sits, maybe take a shot on Danny Green at 4K. Um, but I, I obviously I don't love it. Um, I think that even on a nine-game slate, you're going to have a lot more value. If Kuzma and um, Rondo both end up sitting, Caruso probably plays, you know, 30-plus minutes in this game, and he's kind of, you know, cheap at 3,700. But, again, I don't love him either. So, we'd probably be looking for other options on this slate. And, you know, you can start with the other side of this game. You know, you got Jimmy Butler here, bam. Um, and if we get news that Hero doesn't play, like Kendrick Nunn, um, just Kendrick Nunn's probably going to play 50 minutes. 
Yeah, I, I don't think that's possible if the game doesn't go to OT. But Listen, yeah, I, I, I know see. it wasn't possible, but I was just trying to make sure I think that he could play the whole game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, it, this one's interesting. They finally got Butler priced about where he should be. The matchup against the Lakers is not an easy one, and he's had some really good matchups lately against Chicago, Washington, Atlanta. And so now he finally gets a tough one. He's still been crushing every single time. And I still think he's very, very in play here at 9,500, considering he's pretty much been a lock for over 50 points every single game. So I'm not saying don't play him. I'm just saying he's priced probably about right and it's good slate. Uh, Bam, not a great matchup here, but he's still got monster upside. 50 in three straight games. This one's a little bit tougher of a game here. It's going to be lower scoring, uh, but he's still in play. None gave a bit of a price increase here up to 6,700. This is a bad matchup, but – with all the injuries, you have to consider none, especially if Hero's out just because he's going to get a boatload of minutes here. Robinson probably not paying 5700 for him, even if, even after he put up that massive game last time. Um, don't really care. I'm not paying that price tag in all likelihood. Yeah, I don't I don't know what I want to do with Robinson. Like, he's a guy, if he gets hot from three-point line, he can have big games. But, you know, he shot 71% from three-point line, um, 10 for 14 the other night. So – he had a career game and, you know, you know, just got to kind of accept it, but a $1,200 price increase, I think I'll probably pass on him in this spot. Um, you know, I don't, I don't love it. I don't love it. So uh, moving on here, we got Houston at Orlando taking on the magic. Uh, Tyson Chandler is doubtful. Gordon is out. Green is out. Nene is out. And Austin Rivers is doubtful. And then on the Orlando side, Aminu is out. Fultz is doubtful and Vooch is doubtful. Sounding like Vooch returns Sunday. Um, what's standing out to you here for Houston? You know, we're looking at this spot, you know, Magic play at a pretty slow pace, you know, third slowest pace in the NBA. Houston's playing at the third fastest pace in the NBA. And, um, you know, the Orlando Magic have been really good defensively this season, but uh, Houston Rockets kind of middle of the road. Um, anything standing out to you here for Houston? I mean, it's a little bit tough to play hard on this slate at 12.6K. There's going to be two other mid, too many other mid-tier and upper mid-tier values that you can probably use here. So I don't think Harden really makes the cut unless there's a whole lot of injuries that happen or late scratches that happen here that get you on some real cheap values. So as of right now, I don't think I'm going with Harden. Westbrook has been putting up decent fantasy outings recently, 9,700. I'd be a little bit more apt to play him. Uh, but still, not a good matchup going up against Orlando. Capella, 7,800. He's probably my favorite of the bunch. I know that he hasn't been great recently, but he's still a guy that can put up big outings at any given time. So, like, a 2020 game is entirely within the realm of possibility here. He was doing it on a consistent basis prior to four games ago. So, I could potentially see playing him here. Um, with all the injuries, House, I think you can look at as a potential value guy. I know he hasn't been great recently, but still has some upside. Still going to get a decent amount of minutes here. It's not a great matchup, but like, with how good Orlando is defensively, maybe they shut down Westbrook and Harden a little bit. So, I don't mind House. Probably not going Tucker. Maybe Macklemore, but probably not him either. Uh, it's, it's mostly a stay-away spot for me in Houston and drastic down-paced matchup. Yeah, you know, House is always kind of interesting at 4,200 if we don't have a ton of value that opens up. But for the most part, I think I'll probably stay away from him. Um, on the Orlando side, you know, massive pace up spot. You know, some injuries here. What's standing out to you here for the Magic? 
I mean, I really like Gordon. I really like Fournier. I think they're, and I like Isaac. They're all three guys that you can use a whole bunch here in this matchup. It's, but that's all under the assumption that Giannis plays. Um, if Giannis doesn't play, then you're probably going to end up going with guys like Middleton and Bledsoe around the same price range. If Giannis does play, then I think that makes these guys very, very viable. I mean, in this type of left pace matchup, Gordon has 50-point upside. Isaac has big upside. Fournier has a decent amount of upside and decent floor. So they're all priced a little bit too low considering the matchup here and assuming that Vuce is not going to play here, which it's looking very doubtful that he's going to. Outside of them, like, I don't know, maybe maybe you can go with a guy like Birch if you really need some savings, but I think that you'll have better options on this slate. Maybe you can go with a guy like Ross if you really need some savings, but I'm probably not going to go there. Like, there's some cheap guys and some underpriced guys, but just the way that the slate's panning out, I don't think I have too much interest in any of these guys with uh, Giannis ends up sitting. Yeah, I don't mind this spot um, for Fournier. I think he could have a big game here. We know Houston, they're allowing the third most fantasy points per game to opposing shooting guards. Um, they allowed a lot of three-pointers um, per game to opposing shooting guards. So I think Fournier is in a spot where he could have a really solid game here uh, if he shoots the ball well. But outside of that, I think you could take shots in tournaments on Michael Carter-Williams at 3,500, you know, with Fultz doubtful and not expected to play. Michael Carter-Williams is going to play 20 minutes off the bench here. Um, and, you know, you don't really expect DJ Augustine to get 30-plus minutes. They don't want to play DJ Augustine 30-plus minutes. So I think you can look at Michael Carter-Williams in large field tournaments and Gordon, Isaac, Fournier, all, all very much in play. It's Houston. It's a massive face-up spot. Um, the magic are definitely standing out to me in this spot. It's just, you know, figuring out which pieces you want to use and which pieces you trust. So, um, moving on, we got new Orleans at Philly. No total in this one favors is questionable. Darius Miller's out Philly on a back-to-back Embiid played a bunch of minutes, um, on Thursday against Boston, 36 minutes. I wouldn't be shocked if we get news that Embiid sits here or, one of Embiid or Simmons sits. I, you know, I think that we're kind of guessing, but I think Philly rests somebody here. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be more surprised if one of those two guys doesn't sit. Um, but as we'll get to that when we get to the Philly side. For the New Orleans side, I think that Ingram is still a good play, even in a tough matchup going up against Philly. Like He's a guy that's probably going to put up 20-shot attempts. He got in a little bit of foul trouble in the last game. Still ended up playing 33 minutes, but uh, still a guy with a whole bunch of upside and a pretty decent floor in every single matchup. I don't think I'm going with Drew in this spot. Um, just it's a tough enough matchup, and his price is probably where it should be, where I don't really have a whole lot of interest in him. Um, we play Redick Revenge? I've been playing Redick just because I think Redick is underpriced still. Like, anytime he's under 5K, he's a guy who can go for 30-plus. Like, I played him the other night against Milwaukee, um, and I have no issues going right back to the well of him here. All right. All right, you convinced me. So Reddick's definitely in play. Lonzo, I don't know if I trust minutes enough, and I don't see a whole bunch of upside in this type of matchup here. So probably not going with him. I think this is really just a spot where I'm using Reddick and Ingram. Yeah, Ingram's always in play here. If this game stays close, it's probably because of him. Um, but I think, you know, Lonzo's another guy that's kind of cheap at 5,100. I just don't know if he has the ceiling. Um, you know, it, he's only going to play 23 minutes. They just – it doesn't seem like they want to give him a ton of minutes right now. So I'd much rather play J.J. Redick 
or like a large field tournament shot on like Josh Hart. Um, and then on the Philly side, it's all going to depend on news. It's it's impossible to break this stuff down because if it beats sits, you like Horford a lot, who should be back here. Um, but they also said that Horford might not play too. Like he's dealing with a knee with knee discomfort. Um, it, he his news came out after pregame warmups, so. He might sit again here going up against New Orleans, and that would open up a lot with, like, Kylo Quinn and, and guys like that. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. I don't think they're going to give Richardson a full complement of minutes here. Um, if Embiid, Simmons, Horford, any number of them sits here, I think you you go with a whole bunch of Tyus Harris. He should go up for a massive game in this outing here. His price tag's way too cheap considering his upside with those guys out and the amount of usage they should be getting. So on a back-to-back, I expect Embiid to sit. I think that Simmons will probably end up playing, but this is all speculation. You kind of have to kind of have to wait around for news, and we should probably get it in the morning would be my guess. Um, but, yeah, I mean, depending on who's sitting, Thibel, O'Quinn, Scott, Corkmans, Ennis, any one of these guys could be the value that you end up going with on this slate that allows you to pay up for some of the – studs here and still go with some Milwaukee guys. So it's entirely dependent on news as of right now, but like whoever is in you're playing, like if Embiid's playing, it's against New Orleans. It might limit his minutes a slight amount, but he still probably should get 30 plus and it's against New Orleans. He's in play. Simmons, if he's playing, you play him. It's a great matchup. I know he disappointed a ton against Boston last night, but it doesn't matter. It's going up against New Orleans. They're not going to be able to shut him down like Boston was able to. Like, it's just whoever's in the game you end up playing. There's a great spot for them. Yep. Um, I couldn't agree more. And then Mike Scott, like you said, he played 29 minutes against Boston on Thursday. He's 3K. He's 3K. Um, so, all you need is one of Embiid or Horford or both to sit, and he should have no problems paying off a 3K price tag here. So, he's probably going to end up being pretty chalky if one of those guys sit. But, yeah, I'm with you on Ben Simmons at 8,200 going up against New Orleans. It's a great spot, and he's been a lot better at home this season, too. So, you know, you have to take that for what it's worth. Um, moving on, we got uh, the Pacers at the Hawks, 222.5 total here. Indiana favored by six in this game. Sampson's questionable. Collins is still out. Really not a lot of injury news that we're worried about in this one unless something pops up. Uh, is there anything that's standing out to you here for the Pacers? I mean, it's a bonus, even though he's sitting there at 8-1, like – Dude has a great floor and a pretty high ceiling there going up against Atlanta. It's a just beautiful matchup. He's going to eat up a ton of usage. He'll be get it, He'll probably get, what, 18 boards in this spot here. Absolutely loves bonus there at 8.1K. Brogdon going up against Trey Young defense. It's a beautiful spot. Just put up 48 in his last game here. Probably going to get low 30s minutes, and I think that against a team like Atlanta that just is absolute trash against opposing point guards. He's a great play. Turner, 5.1K. He's burned me a lot this year. Probably going to go with him again here. Uh, I think he gets in the 30s minutes. It's a great match versus Atlanta here. Really like him. Outside of those three, I don't think I'm going with anyone else. I mean, maybe you can take a shot on Lamb or Warren, but I wouldn't suggest it. Sabonis, Brock, and Lamb are great plays in the spot. So, TJ Warren's one of my favorite plays on the slate. I don't think you were ready for that one, but I was we have not saw- at all ready. Like, we have seen Wings just absolutely destroy Atlanta this season, all season long. Like, it's just – it's a thing. He's coming off of matchups against Boston and the L.A. Clippers. Like, you can't go from two worst matchups to a better matchup here for T.J. Warren. And his price decreased $800 over the last week. So, 
I like TJ Warren a lot here. He's going to play 30-plus minutes. I think he gets up like 10 to 15 shot attempts in this game. Like I said, he's one of my favorite plays on the slate. Um, you know, it obviously might work. It might not. But um, I, I think he has a big game here. And I'm with you. I think Sabonis is a guy that we just keep playing. Like, he just absolutely keeps crushing. Nobody likes to play him. He was low-owned the other night um, against Boston. So, I think that we just continue to play Sabonis. I don't see a reason not to play him um, outside of the fact that maybe this game doesn't stay close. But, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to predict that. So, I think that you play Sabonis. I really like Warren. Um, and Brogdon's always in play. I think you can always play Brogdon as well. So, um, on the Atlanta side of things, you know, not the greatest matchup in the world for Trey Young, but, you know, he put up 63 fantasy points the last time these two teams met. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of a similar player to Kemba, and we just saw what Kemba did against him. He just had an absolute lights-out shooting night. Trey had a horrible shooting night last game, went 4 for 14 from the field, 1 from 6 from three-point lane range. It's not something we could expect out of him. He's probably going to put up 20 shots here. He can dish out a whole bunch of dimes, like – Trey Young at 9,100 seems a bit too cheap considering what his upside is. Like, you look at the last four games, what he's been priced at, or last five games, it's all been 10.3K or above, and he's just gotten a $1,200 price decrease. It's not a great matchup, but that doesn't matter here. We just saw what Kemba can do. I love Trey Young here. I think he's way too underpriced here. I think he crushes. I think he goes with 60, so I'm going to be playing a bunch of Trey outside of him. It's not a great matchup for anyone else. I mean, maybe you can take a shot on Jabari or Hunter here, but I'm probably just going to avoid the rest of the Atlanta guys just because there's too many good plays on the slate. Yeah, see, I like the Pacers, and I like the idea of running it back with Trey Young, and I don't really love anybody else here from Atlanta. Nobody's really popping off my sheets or anything here. So Charlotte at Chicago, 214 total. Chicago favored by five and a half in this game. Nicholas Batum is doubtful. Uh, Marvin Williams is not expected to play. And then on the Chicago side, Felicio is doubtful. Porter's out. Um, let's start here with Charlotte. What's standing out to you here for the Hornets? Just Graham. I mean, Graham's been putting on a clinic recently. Um, has boatload of upside. He's still priced too cheap. Hasn't gotten a price increase after what he's been doing recently. I don't understand it, but it is what it is, and I'm just going to keep playing him. Um, outside of him, no one. I don't want, really want anyone on this team here. Like, I understand taking a shot on Rozier, Washington Bridges, Zeller, Biombo, but there's too many other good plays on the slate where I'm just going to avoid it entirely. Yeah, I've been talking about Devontae Graham for a long time now. Um, I, I, I hope you guys have caught on. His usage recently, 31.8, like he is the usage guy here and he never gets a ton of ownership. So right back to the well on Graham outside of that. Um, I don't love anything else here, but I think Bridges plays enough minutes that he has some upside here. I think that PJ Washington plays enough minutes where he has some upside here. Chicago, one of the worst rebounding teams in basketball. We talked about that a lot. You know, outside of that, but like Zeller and Biombo, if if they if if either one get twenty five minutes in this game, they could crush. Um, Biombo is only four K. If you want to take some shots on him in large field tournaments, I don't hate that. Um, but yeah, even like Michael Kidd Goat, Chris, like I, I just can't trust any minutes here with Malik Monk and these other guys. So, um, anything standing out to you here for the Bulls? Levine, always, Charlotte. huh? Always. Yeah, I mean, 8K, 
going up against Charlotte really doesn't play a whole lot of defense. Slovene, I mean, I'm not trusting marketing. I'm not trusting um, Wendell Carter Jr. I mean, there's just no one else I really want to play here. Uh, I don't trust the Mints with a lot of these guys. I don't trust the upside. It's a good matchup, but it's really just Levine for me. Yeah, see, like, here's the thing. Like, both of these teams allow the most fantasy points to opposing centers. Chicago the most, Charlotte second most. Like, you attack these two teams with big guys, and it's just like, who do I want to play? I don't want to play anybody of the big guys from this game. So, I think that, you know, a guy like Markadin, if he played big minutes in this game, he could crush. But, you know, you can't really trust the minutes. I think if Wendell Carter Jr. played big minutes in this game, he could crush. But, again, like, I just – I don't trust these guys. So, I always trust Levine. I think he's always the guy you're looking at here. Um, yeah, outside of that, though, like, I don't really love anything else here. Um, I don't even see, like, any tournament flyers here for me. Unless Chris Dunn doesn't play. He's probable. But if he doesn't play, you know, you could you could look at Archie. Yeah, I mean, I'm just – I'm assuming he's going to play. That's digging like, digging a little deep there. Yeah, I think he's going to play too. Milwaukee at Memphis, no total in this one. Giannis is questionable. Um, Corver is out. And on the Memphis side, Clark and Morant are both going to be rested for this game, so they're both out. Um, let's start here on the Milwaukee side. Obviously, this it's really this easy for me. If Giannis plays, he's in play. If Giannis sits, you play Middleton, Bledsoe, and Ilasova. Yeah, I don't think you need much more analysis than that. It's against a high-paced team again going up against Memphis. Middleton, Bledsoe, both are way too underpriced. They should get around the mid-40s to high-40s points here. Ilyasova, way too cheap at 4,600. All these guys are just lock and load. They're going to be incredibly chalky, but that doesn't matter for me. They still crush in this matchup here. There's really not a whole lot of analysis to do on this game. It's just you throw them in your lineup, just hope other people don't play them. And this is two of the fastest teams in the NBA. They both play in the top six in pace, and Memphis is, I think, bottom 10 in defensive efficiency. Yeah, they're 21st. So um, I, I think that, obviously, like, this is a really good spot for Milwaukee if Giannis sits. If Giannis plays, they probably blow this team out. The game doesn't stay close. They could blow this team out without Giannis. So, um, especially with Morant sitting. So, let's talk Memphis here. You know, Morant and um, – you know, Clark being out, is there anything that's standing out to you here for Memphis? I mean, I'm just too worried about this game being a blowout. Yes, you can go some of the value guys, but guys, maybe Tyus ends up with some minutes. Melton, like either one of them, I don't hate without Morant in there. Like Brooks, I think is a decent play there at 5,100. Wouldn't mind using him at all. Like he should get a decent amount of usage in this offense. So they get these guys out, probably not going Crowder. Triple J, see him get into the foul trouble here. Like, he does offer some upside base, 6,200, and there's a boatload of other plays in the 6K range. Same thing with Valanchunas. I don't think he gets 30 minutes. He was getting it a little bit recently, getting into the high 20s, low 30s, but now they've kind of dumped down his minutes, 25, 27, 21 in the last three. I don't think they're going to give him enough minutes here for him for me to trust him, even in a decent matchup versus Milwaukee, if Giannis doesn't play. Like, to me, you can, you take shots on the value guys with the with Morant and with Clark Gunnar. Yeah, like, I think I'm going to take a shot on, like, Melton in some tournaments. I think he's the guy that – I don't really love Tyus Jones. I think you can play Tyus Jones if you want to. I'm not going to talk you off of it. 
Uh, I think Dylan Brooks, if you find him cheap places, I think he's definitely in play here. Um, but, yeah, I think you take some shots here. If Giannis sits, uh, if Giannis plays, I think you could even, you know, even more take shots on Melton because I think he's probably going to be pretty blowout proof. Um, so, Melton's probably my favorite play from Memphis. If Valanciunas was playing minutes, sure. If if I didn't worry about Triple J getting into foul trouble, sure. Like, Triple J always has a ceiling at 6,200. It's just, you know, you have to worry about foul trouble and, you know, against this team that, you know, Milwaukee. Um, Golden State at Utah, 210.5 total here. Utah is favored by 12 in this one. Um, Golden State, Bowman is out. Draymond Green is out. And Eric Paschkow is doubtful. And then on the Utah side of things, Mike Conley's already been ruled out. Let's start with Golden State. Obviously, with Draymond and, you know, Bowman out, we have a lot of options to look at here when it comes to the Golden State side. Yeah, I'm just not sure which ones I'm going to end up going with. Like I said, there's a ton of plays on the slate. Russell, if he's going to get a decent amount of minutes, then, yeah, he's a great play. The problem is I don't know if he will because who knows what they're going to do with his minutes. And it's a, they're a 12-point dog right now to Utah. I don't see a whole lot of points being scored in this game with, with all the guys out. Like, you can take shots on Burks, on Robinson, WCS – a lot of these guys just the blow up makes me a little bit concerned where people are, there's a lot of value on this slate or there's probably going to be a lot of value based on injuries and guys resting. Um, I just don't like, who do you go with here, Stevie? Um, on the golden state side, I think like it all depends on how you want to approach. If you're going to play Rudy Gobert, who's in an amazing matchup here and you're going to play Donovan Mitchell, who's in a really good matchup here. You're probably running it back with D'Angelo Russell and hoping the game stays close. You know, D'Angelo Russell played 36 minutes against New York the other night. He played 34 minutes in the game before that against Memphis. He's taken 49 shot attempts over the last two games, and Draymond's out for this game. So, D'Angelo Russell could take 30 shots in this game, and it wouldn't shock me. I think Alec Burks is going to see, you know, a lot of minutes in this game. Pretty good usage. Um so I think you look at D'Angelo Russell, I think you look at Burks, and then it really just depends. Um, if Pascal is out, you can take shots on Marquise Chris. It's not a great matchup, but oh, he's going to probably play like 25 minutes here because I just don't see them playing Damian Lee or Spellman over like 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a rough spot. I guess I just mix and max, match guys. Like I'm just not a big fan of any of it with a blowout. Yeah, you know, it really, like I said, it really depends on, like, if you're going to play, like, Gobert is one of the top plays on the slate if this game stays close. He's averaging, I think he put up 53 and 47 in two matchups against this team already this season. So, they just don't have anybody to match up with Rudy Gobert. He is going to crush in the spot if he if this game stays close. So, um, he had 19 rebounds against this team last time they played. Um, so, I like Rudy Gobert a lot. I like Donovan Mitchell. It's just like I said, you know, you got to kind of approach this game. If you're going to play those guys, you got to run it back with, you know, a Russell or Burks. And Ingles has been playing a lot of point guard minutes uh, with Conley out. And he's kind of gotten to the point where I don't know if he really necessarily has too much upside at 5,800, but it is a great matchup. And he could obviously crush in the spot too. Yeah, yeah, I think, like, like you said, Gobert, great play. Mitchell, great play if the game stays close. Ingles, an 
absolutely fantastic play if this game stays close. The problem is he's kind of in the price range as a lot of these other guys will end up playing. Um, so depends more on injury news. But if most of the guys end up playing, then I think that, that Ingles is a fantastic play on the slate, hoping that the game stays close. But it's kind of more of a run-it-back play with Russell. All right, moving on. We got the Clippers and Minnesota. 231.5 total here. Clippers favored by 5.5. Patrick Beverly is out. Uh, Jermichael Green is questionable, and Shamit is out. On the Minnesota side, Lehman is out, and Teague is questionable. Uh, let's start with the Clippers. I was trying to figure it out, you know, do we see Lou Williams start this game with Pat Bev out and, you know, see – Paul George, Kawhi, and Lou play together, or do you think that you know we could potentially see them start um, Walton Jr.? I don't, I don't know. I think they'll still keep Lou off the bench and just kind of they might just change up the rotations a little bit to have not Kawhi, Paul George, and Lou on the floor at the same time too often. But I don't know. They haven't really done exactly with the rotations what I thought they were going to do. In any case, like a lot of these guys, I don't know if I want to pay 9K for Kawhi with George playing with him. I'm not really sure I want to pay 8.8K with George with Kawhi playing with him. Um, all these guys are priced up, and I get that it's an up-paced match. But, like all these guys have ceiling. It's just an interesting slate. Like Lou Will was just 5,900, and they priced him all the way up to 7.1K because he had one decent game, and he gets a good matchup here. And it's probably where he should be priced at. Pat Bev out, like, I still don't think it has that much of an effect on Will, and I think that he still is probably about priced right. I guess Harold would probably be my favorite option out of all these guys. Still should get the same amount of run. It's an outpaced match, but it's a good spot for him here. And he's at 6400 which is a little bit too low price for considering he's the only guy that's not priced up in the spot here. So he could him. potentially, like, benefit the most if Lou Williams goes, you know, into the starting lineup, like – I'm not sure if that's true. Like, looking at Lou Will and Harrell in the past, like, they benefit greatly off each other when they're both in the game. Like, Harrell's production goes down a ton if Lou Will is in the starting lineup, like, or if he's not on the floor or if he's not playing. Like, we have a fairly long track record of uh, Harrell not doing great. I mean, maybe it's a little bit different with George and Leonard in there. Like, I probably need to look into it a little bit more. But historically in the past – Harrell has been a huge bust almost every single time Lou Will's not on the floor with him. Fair enough. Um, yeah, Lou Williams actually checked in for Pat Bev when he got hurt in the third quarter the other night um, and played the whole part of the third quarter with Kawhi and Paul George. And Paul George actually checked out and checked back in the fourth quarter, was out there with Harrell a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see how it kind of plays out. Um waiting to see what we're looking at here for starting lineup wise. But like, I don't really, I don't have a ton of interest in Paul George in this game. I don't mind Kawhi as a contrarian up to your price guy, but like I'm with you on Lou Williams. He is a guy that had a really good game and his price is too high. Now Harrell's probably my favorite play here um, from the Clippers. I don't mind value play Mo Harkless at 4,200 if Jermichael Green sits. Um, I think he's fine. He's going to play 30 to 35 minutes. Um, he, he missed the last five minutes of the game because it was a blowout. So he would have been really close to 34 minutes if um, that game doesn't blow out the other night. And then on the Minnesota side of things, like 
do you like anybody in this this spot? Like maybe Cat? Like just because they don't really have like Zubox going to try to match up with Cat? Uh, I mean, Cat's definitely a guy that I have to look at in every single matchup, and this one's no different here. I know he disappointed a little bit versus Utah. Obviously, very tough matchup here, but Cat uh, probably gets the biggest bump of any – or not bump, just best matchup of any of the guys on the floor here. 9.9K, a little bit too cheap in my opinion, even with all these guys in the game here. Still got a 230 total, and the Clippers are only favored by five, so Minnesota has a fairly high implied team total. Wiggins – you're not getting enough upside, I don't think, of this type of matchup here. It's obviously not a good defensive matchup for him. He's probably going to get quiet or Paul George defense, so I don't think that Wiggins is really a good play here. Teague, I know that he's been putting up massive outings recently um, when he's actually gotten the minutes. I'm probably not going with him here, even if he does end up playing. Yeah, I think it's strictly just a cat spot for me. Like, he's the only real guy that I see crushing his value, potentially, so... Yeah, I think you're right. It's just pretty much just cat. I can see taking shots on Teague just because, like, he's crushing, like, hard matchups, too. Like, he put up 55 against OKC, and then he put up 52 the other night against Utah. So, like, I don't hate Teague at 5,500 if he's got 50-plus point upside. So, but, yeah, it's probably – I guess he's not getting Pat Bev defense. Yeah, and Pat Bev's out, so – um, all right, New York at Sacramento to finish this off here on Friday, 207.5 total. Sacramento favored by eight. Um, is there anything standing out to you here for the New York Knicks? Honestly, I'm going to go with Barrett. I'm going to go with Morris. I'm going to go with Randall. Um, all of them are in the 6K range. They make decent pivots off of Middleton, off of Bledsoe. If you need a swap, although I guess it probably wouldn't – you wouldn't be losing that much early on. But in any case, without is in this lineup or without his coaching – they could be in for more minutes here. They've all crushed on point-per-minute basis at one time or another. We just saw what they did in the match versus Golden State last time, and I know that there's a fairly low total on this game, but all three of these guys are on 6K. We know where most of the usage is going to go in this lineup here, and it's going to be go between Barrett, Morris, and Randall. I could see any one of them putting up a big matchup or a big outing here. I'm not going to play a bunch, like a lot of them. I'm not going to play all three of them in any given lineup, um, but – Mix and matching just random one-offs with these guys. I don't think it's the worst idea in the world because we know that all of them can get 40-plus point, 50-plus point upside outside of maybe Barrett. Yeah, the other guy that I want to throw out there is Elf Payton at 4,200. Played 25 minutes before the overtime the other night. Um, Ended up playing 30 minutes in that game. So if he's going to be a guy that's going to get 25 to 30 minutes, Frankie um, Nitlakina only played 13 and a half minutes the other night. So – I think that they want to play Elf Payton. It's just, you know, they didn't play him on the first end of the back-to-back. We all kind of got scared off of him, and then he, he crushed on the second half of the back-to-back, and we should have went right back to the well. So, don't mind him either. Um, and then on the Sacramento side, like, again, I'm just going to keep talking about it. Buddy Heald has been absolutely crushing over 40 fantasy points in six of his last seven games and every night he takes the floor he's low owned this is a great matchup here for him and i just don't see a lot of people playing him again yeah yeah, i think buddy's the guy that i really have interest in i think bagley's gonna get more than mid-20s minutes here um they're probably gonna slowly bring him back here so 6.2k not not a guy that i really want to go with holmes takes a hit with bagley on the floor they're probably not getting nearly much minutes Barnes, don't really want to go with him at 5.5K. He leads up. Bogdanovich would probably be the other guy that I would think about. Um, like, I could see him going for a decent game, but 
I think that there's way too many other guys in the 4K range for me to really want to use them unless I'm just drawing dead near the end of the night as a potential swap. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's just Buddy Hyde, and he's just way too cheap considering what he's been doing, what he continues to do, and the floor that he's providing for you. Yep, uh, I'm right there with you. I like him a lot here. Um, yeah, I don't really have any other things to talk about here. Um, as far as the Sacramento side, I think you nailed it. Bielitsa, um, he was a guy that really saw minutes decrease with Bagley back. So, um, I'd be very careful playing him moving forward. Uh, let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here for the weekend. Give me your favorite play under 5k to 7x. I guess I'm just going to assume that Giannis isn't going to play and go with Elisova. All right. Yeah, I think we all kind of assume that. Um, I'm going to go with Michael Carter-Williams in a massive up-pace spot against Houston um, tournament play here. But uh, give me your over 8K guy to go under 5X. Who's your bust at the top today? I'm going with Harden. I mean, it's not a great match going up against Orlando. It's going to be a slower paced. Could potentially be a blowout. Like, I'm going with Harden just because of his price tag. Right. Um, I'm going to go with Paul George here. I just, I'm not a huge fan of Paul George today. I think he's been absolutely, you know, better over the last, you know, couple, couple seasons. Um, just needed to get out of Indiana. Um, give me your favorite six X play on the slate. Middleton. Just rolling with assuming Giannis is out. Either all of them will hit or none of them will hit. I'm going to go with TJ Warren. We talked about him. I really like the spot for him. Um, like I said, he's one of my favorite plays on the slate. Uh, give me your let's get weird GPP play of the day. House. Um, with all injuries, I mean, potentially he could be in for a big game here. Don't expect a whole lot of ownership out of him. All right. I'm going to go with um, Elf Payton just because I want to watch Elf tonight. And, you know, his name is Elfred Payton. So, got to – Got to get love for It's Elf. Christmas season. It's the Christmas season narrative. That's right. El, you know, he should wear elf ears. So, no, I'm kidding. But I, I do like Alfred Payton a lot um, as a large field tournament play. Give me your uh, DFS contest that you're looking at today that you, you like that you're going to end up playing. I mean, it's almost the same one every single day. It's that $2 double up where I can throw in 75 entries over on Fantasy Draft. It's rake free. Sometimes it fills, sometimes it doesn't. But eh, just, I always feel good. I always feel good about myself just throwing seventy-five entries in one contest with the same lineup. It makes you feel all tingly inside. Yeah, all tingly on the inside and the outside. <laughs> um, I've gone low stakes a lot um, recently, so I'm going to go up a little bit here for my upper stakes guys. This $100 single-entry tournament on DraftKings is one of the best tournaments that they have going. It pays 22.75%. It's min-cash 2x. Top top 10s getting just under 40%, but get a really nice payout if you win. And, you know, paying 101 spots, you have a really good chance to double your money if you have a good team. So really like that it's under 10% rake. You know, it's not like Fantasy Draft where you're not paying any rake. You're just paying that $6 membership, but Really like this tournament. Um, you know, it's a tournament that I play almost every single day that I play DFS. So, really like it and um, highly suggest checking that out if you're, you know, in that buy-in range. Uh, give me your favorite over-under on the slate. Uh, that's a tough one here. Um, I'm going with the over on the uh, Knicks game. 
right. Um, I'm going to take the over in the Chicago game. Right. Chicago, Charlotte, 214. I'm going to take the over. Uh, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Nah, I ain't got none. On that note, we're going to get out of here. hope everyone has an awesome, awesome weekend. We'll be back Monday talking some more hoops. If you're looking for a football podcast, you can check out Grant and I at breaking down the week 15, week 14, 14, 15, 15, 15, week 15 NFL slate on the morning grind on Thursday. So you can go back. It's on the iTunes feed while you're checking it out. Make sure you review and comment. Give us five stars over there on iTunes. We'll see you guys Monday. Crush it. And we'll, you know, have a good weekend. Hey, kids.